How's everybody doing this morning? Let's go to John chapter 15, if you would, Charles, whatever I told you there. John chapter 15. Don't have much time, but we're going to do what we can. Amen. I am the vine. This is verse 5. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. And how many, how many disciples of Jesus do we have here this morning? We got anybody that's a learner of Jesus? A disciple is a learner that follows? We got any, just a few. It looks like we got about a dozen or so. Good. We got about a dozen disciples here. So the rest of us just go to church, I guess. That's what we do. <laughs> how many disciples do I have in the room today? There we go. There we go. We've got followers of Jesus. So this is Jesus talking to us. He's talking to the us's right now. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. Let's go to the next scripture there, Charles. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch that, and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will or what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. We actually have a purpose in this life, folks. As learners of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, we have a purpose, and that purpose is to abide in Him. Did y'all hear me? Yeah. To abide in Him. Uh, Charles, take them to 2 Corinthians uh, 13, 14, please. This is the last note, that the, the, the last words that Paul penned to the church at Corinth. Y'all do know that Corinthians is written to the church at Corinth, and so this was a letter that he penned to them. And he penned two different letters that we have record of to the church at Corinth. This is the second letter, that's why it's called 2 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians. And this is the last chapter, the last verse. This is the last thing that he had to say to the church at Corinth. He said, the grace of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now we all understand that grace, that we are saved by grace. It's not of works lest any man should boast that we are saved through the grace of Jesus Christ. So this thing should be with you all. It should be with us all that Jesus' grace is there, that we are saved, we are born again, that it's not based on anything that we have done, it's based on everything that he did do, right? Are y'all with me? That this grace of the Lord Jesus Christ should be with us. Be with you all. Y'all see those last little, those four verses, right? Or four little words right there. Be with you all. Be with you all. What are the things that are going to be with us all? First of all, the grace of the Lord Jesus. His grace. His ability. The, the word grace is actually translated from a word that actually means cheer or joy. All right? It's a word that means that you're, you're, you're happy about what's going on. Why? Because it's not based on what I did or did not do. It's based on everything that he did. Are y'all with me? So this is something that should be with us all. We are, he is the vine. We are the branches. We are to abide in him. How do we do that? First of all, we do that by understanding that who we are and what we are today is based solely and completely upon him. 
That's how we begin to abide. Even, even David even wrote in Psalm 91 to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That there is a place that we are to live. There's a spot where we ought to live. There is this vein in which we have to find ourselves spiritually. And the first step in that is finding and realizing and walking in and letting it be with you the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are I am saved. There is a mansion in heaven with my name on it. I have an address in heaven. That is my home. That's where I will go when this body no longer operates like it's been operating right now. Whenever I've had enough and I've expired in this earth, I have a home. That is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's based on him and him alone. Step number one. Y'all with me? Step number two, it says, and the God. This is God's love. This is the love that he is. If y'all remember a few weeks ago, we talked about God's love. Amen. Do y'all remember this thing? Go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, verses 4 through 8. We might as well look at it. Love. This is agape, the love of God, what he is. So not only are we told to remember the grace, to let the grace of Jesus himself be with us, but that the love of God be with us. Not with anybody else. We shouldn't be looking around to see who else is going to do it. It is our responsibility to do this that we're about to read. This should be with us. It should not be with others. It should not be sought after any place else except for you. And me, we ought to be the light that we're called to be. We ought to be the light on the lampstand. We ought to go ahead and be the salt because we're called to do both. Amen? This should be with us. Love suffers long, which means to be patient and is kind. It does not envy. Ain't this fun? Y'all ain't amening now. Love does not parade itself and it's not puffed up. It ain't about us. If we understand the first part, which is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, it ain't about it. If you get the grace, you can get the love, but you don't, you don't necessarily get the love until you understand the grace. It ain't about you. It is not about us. Not one bit of it. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Oh my gosh. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, tattoo that on your arm somewhere, y'all. Be sure you spell it right, though. <laughs> Love does not behave rudely, which means that you don't behave rudely because if you remember our little old verse we talked about, the love of God is supposed to be with who? With you. Everybody say, me all. Me all. It's not provoked and it thinks no evil. It doesn't seek its own. Let me back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked and it thinks no evil. What does this thing mean, Greg? Well, first of all, it means that you are not keeping up with what somebody did to you yesterday, last week, last month, 10 years ago. It doesn't matter because it's not about you. It is completely up to you to forget about that and to walk in the love that God has given you that you're supposed to be in, me all, 
because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is this clicking? Verse 6, because I don't have time to get in. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. That's pretty self-explanatory. If you need me to break that one down for you, I'll be happy to afterwards. But basically it means you don't rejoice whenever bad things happen to people. <laughs> you don't rejoice in all the junk. But you rejoice in, in, in the Netflix and the Facebook and the whatever they are. Hulu, thank you. Thundercats are on Hulu. Ho, but rejoice in the truth. What is the truth? Can somebody please tell me what the truth is? The what? The word of God, the gospel is the truth. This is the thing we're supposed to be rejoicing in. I mean, who tell us you lost last night? We're supposed to rejoice in this. Not in it that they couldn't get themselves together. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry. Verse 7. This is talking about me all, okay? Me all is in this. Me all can bear anything and everything is what that means that comes our way. We believe the best in every situation that we find ourselves in. Have y'all ever had that feeling like, you know, this is, this is just, I don't know, you know, they just, they just did that on purpose. No, you're supposed to believe the best. You hope all things, which means that you have continual hope in a dire situation. The doctor says it's not going to work out. Well, guess what? We hope in that. Y'all with me? And can endure all things, the Amplified Bible says, endure all things without weakening. If you take it back, that takes you back to Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 6, where it says to stand. Whenever you've done all to stand, stand therefore. Why are we supposed to stand? Because we endure all things without weakening. That's what we do. Why do we do that? Well, because the love of God is with us because the grace of Jesus Christ is with us and all of that makes its way to us because we abide in the vine. This, this is how it works. This is how the Christian life is painted. This should be us on a daily, regular basis. This is what we look like. Endures all things without weakening. In verse 8, verse 8, love never fails. Failure does not follow you around everywhere that you go. Anyone that's told you in your life that you're a failure is a liar. You're not a failure. You may have been, but since you're engrafted in the vine, which is Jesus Christ, and become one of his branches, you partake of and have with you always his grace, the love of God, which includes not failing. Did that stick to you at all? Lord, I hope so. Go back to 2 Corinthians, please. Everybody good? Y'all holding on? Here's our scripture. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. 
So not only are we to realize that we are born again since we've been engrafted into Christ and he is the vine and we are the branches, not only are we to realize that we are born again through the grace and his work that he did for us, not only are we to abide in the love of God and have that love of God on us with you, how many all? Me all. Me all. But a communion, a better word, and the word that's translated more often in the Bible is fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The fellowship of, excuse me, the Holy Spirit. Fellowshipping with, of, and around Him. There is a responsibility that we have in the Spirit. Go to Galatians chapter 5 there if you would. Mr. Uh, Mr. Charles Bell, he's doing such a great job this morning. Are y'all with me? Yes. Hey, you know what, Charles? I'm going to give you a little exercise. Can you back up about two scriptures, please, sir? I think that's what I want to do. Y'all with me? Everybody go to Galatians chapter 5. Get your phones out. I'm going to show you something. It used to. See, I used to do this a few years back. And you would say, okay, everybody go to Galatians chapter 5. And you heard a whole bunch of pages turning. And then you would know whether everybody was there or not. Now we've got phones. I have no idea what you're looking at. It's awesome. It's just great. Yeah, yeah. Somebody is on Amazon right now. I need to get that. That's it. Ordering those Bibles, that's right. Let's go to verse 16, Charles, is where we're going. I say then, this is your Bible talking to you. I say then, walk in the what? Are y'all there yet? The Spirit. Oh, really? I wonder if walking in the Spirit is the same thing as fellowshipping or communing with the Spirit. I wonder if they are similar. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill what? The lust of the who? The flesh. Man, come on. Wow. Can you believe that, that Paul, his last little old words that he wrote to a little old church in, in, in Corinth, that his last little old bit, if they would just do what it said, they wouldn't fulfill the lust of their flesh and get all off in sin, get off track and all that kind of mess. Did y'all believe that? But that's, that's what he's really talking about. That if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh and they are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things which you, that you wish. But, verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, this is always fun. I like this one. Now the works of the flesh <coughs> are evident, which are what? Oh, it's a bunch of bad stuff, Greg. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, if we do what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, and actually have communion or fellowship with the Holy Spirit, which means walking in the Spirit, we won't fulfill all the stuff I just read. 
You don't even have to try not to sin anymore. You just don't. Are y'all following me? You just don't. You just don't. I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes. I'm going to use that as an example. We don't want to talk about all the other stuff I did, but I smoked a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> Kids are in here, Miss Dawn. I got to be careful. Cigarettes. I smoked a lot of them. Man, I love them things. If I could have put a veil on it and got it to kiss me back, I'd have married one. <laughs> I loved a cigarette. You can ask my wife. I smelled like them all the time. It was terrible. And then in 1998, we started going to a church. It's here in town. It's a great church. We started going to Living Word Worship Center, and my pastor, Pastor David Davibus, began to tell me what all the Bible said and what all it said that I could have and what all it said that I was. And I didn't, had never heard anything like that before, so I just had to go out there, and I think I've said it before. I had to go and I had to disprove everything that he, he said. You know, well, in the process of trying to disprove everything that he said, I got the light and the truth of God's word actually entered in. And when that happened, you know what, you know what else happened? I just didn't smoke no more. I just didn't. It wasn't like I chose to quit. It wasn't like I tried not to. I just didn't. When you find yourself engrafted in Christ, into Jesus, then now everything that's flowing in him begins to flow in you, just like a, a branch that's put on a tree, right? What's in the tree is in the branch, and what's in the branch is in the tree. They share. Everything starts flowing in you. And you abide with the grace of Jesus Christ. You're saved, born again. Heaven's your home. The love of God... That, I mean, I didn't even get into the fruit. If we continue going right here, keep going on. Charles, show them the fruits of the Spirit. If you go to verse 20, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Keep going. Verse 23, I should have given you more, but I didn't. Gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. These are what's called the fruits of the Spirit. As a branch, we're putting off fruit everywhere that we go, and that fruit is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. That's the fruit that we're to put off. When we find ourselves abiding in and with the grace, the love that produces fruit, and actually having fellowship and walking in the Spirit, you won't have to stop sinning. You just won't. You just won't do it no more without even thinking, without even attempting to make any kind of change. See, I think that sometimes we get caught up in, I, got, I can't, I don't need to do this, I don't need to do this, and we focus so much on what we shouldn't do, we're not walking in what we should do. We're too busy not trying to do, we're trying not to do something. We're so, trying so hard not to do something that we don't pay attention to what we're supposed to be doing. Earlier, I said, I said, y'all go lay hands on each other. Well, there was a pause. Why was there a pause? Because we were too busy thinking about the stuff that we are doing instead of walking in what we're supposed to be doing. 
You see the difference there? If we begin to step into what God wants us to do, what we're not supposed to do will not take place. Because we're walking in what we are supposed to do. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, please, Charles. We are now walking in what we're supposed to be doing and fulfilling our purpose. So the other does not matter anymore. We don't pay attention to it anymore. We don't see it anymore. It's not a deal. I mean, how many of you have ever had a, I drink an awful lot of coffee. You have a coffee cup full of coffee and you sit there and watch it and try not to spill any. What happens whenever you're watching it, try not to spill it? What happens? You're going to spill it. But if you just don't pay attention to it and just go where you're supposed to, you won't spill a drop. The more you look at like Stephen with his microphone. <laughs> but the less you pay attention to the coffee, the less a deal it actually is. It's a deal it actually is. The more you pay attention to this, Allowing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit, allowing those to be with you. The more you do that, the less everything else matters. Now you find yourself becoming like Jesus told you in the first scripture we looked at. You become a branch that produces all this great fruit and people actually enjoy being around you. They want you to come to parties. And this fruit that we carry and that we bear is so sweet to them that they start to ask, how is it that you're able to do this the way that you do it? And then guess what? We have perfect opportunity to get someone else into the kingdom so that they can be engrafted in, so that they can now have with me all, the grace, the love, and the fellowship in the Spirit. So much easier to do this than trying not to do all the other. It's so much easier. What's the old thing about our faces there, Miss Dorothy? If you smile, there's less, there it is, there's less muscles involved in a smile than a frown. It doesn't. It, you have to work to frown. You have to work to frown. That's the reason why, Charles, go back to like, like the, where, I'm going to show you one more thing. I'm going to be quiet. Go back to where we at, Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter 5 and go to verse 19, please. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. Can I say I'm going to show you something? I'm going to show you something. What are the first three work, words? Now the works of the flesh. Go to chapter, or verse 20, thank you. But the what of the Spirit? Not the works of the Spirit, just the fruit of it. See, when you decide to walk in what I'm talking about walking, when you decide to walk in the Spirit, when you decide to become what you're supposed to become, you don't have to work at it. The trees are not out there straining trying to produce fruit. Yeah. Oh, no, they're trees. They don't have to try. They just do it. 
Right. Yeah. Go back to 19. You have to work to do these things. Verse 19. The works of the, you have to work to do this. Are y'all feeling me here? Let's go to work. What's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to do adultery. That sounds like great. Yeah. <laughs> fornication. <laughs> Get to work on that fornication. Uncleanliness, lewdness. You have to work for these things. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. You got to work on this. You have to work to be good at this stuff. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. You got to work. You're working to fulfill this stuff. Next. The next one, verse 21. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Those are the works of the flesh. You got to work them. Just stop doing them. Just stop trying to work them. Let the fruit of the Spirit, let the grace, let the love, and let the fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit be with me all. Amen. Let's all stand. We got to go home. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that as we